Old Joe is incompetent. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I gotta say, Old Joe has managed to F up absolutely everything this week. And it's only Tuesday. Isn't that amazing? Um, we're gonna take a look at... I mean, everything. He... he Wow, wow, wow. So, let, let's go into the first part. This is going to be, there are three stories here that I think are really important. And I think one of the stories is actually more important than the other, so I'll spend a little more time. And it is what's happening in Israel right now. This is a very bad thing, what's happening in Israel. Uh, so, here's the thing. Joe Biden really didn't have to do anything in the Middle East. He, all he had to do was stay out of it, let the Trump policies run their courses, okay? And hopefully more peace deals would have been struck between Israel and some of the more moderate uh, Muslim countries. Nope, couldn't do for that. So, so far, this is what Biden has done in complete opposite of what Trump did. He's negotiating to get us back into the Iran nuclear deal. This is a big deal because Iran thinks that... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Iran knows that Biden will deal with him just to have some sort of deal that he can tuck under his belt. So now they're actually asking for more stuff than they had for the original nuclear deal. According to Iran, Biden has already given them hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars that the United States has been holding. Now, none of this has been confirmed except through Iranian news outlets. But looking at what's actually happening in the Middle East, you got to believe Iran is beginning to finance somebody. Because Iran finances all terrorist groups in the Middle East. And Hamas right now is running absolutely wild. Now, whether they're getting money or not, I don't know. Um, I'm going to... We're getting to a point you can't trust anything that the government says. So, I don't know. Iran says they are... The United States are saying that, no, we didn't give any money to Iran. Who knows? But you can tell one thing. Things aren't going over well in the Middle East. Now, you got to add on top of that, Biden hates Jews and he hates Israel, just like Obama did. Heck, all of the left hates the Jews and Israel. Back in the 70s, when Menachem Begin, I hope I pronounced that correctly, was Prime Minister of Israel, Biden used to threaten him constantly. He, he does not like Israel. Well, violence, which hasn't happened in about two years, is beginning to escalate. So let's let's go from this. Now we need to be care I need to be careful here because I'm not real great when it comes to Middle Eastern politics. Because, A, Middle Eastern politics goes for 
decades, if not hundreds of years. Okay, And B, I can't pronounce any of the names of the cities. So I'm going to give it to you in the American... I'm going to give you from an American perspective. So I'm not going to pronounce any... I'm going to try and avoid pronouncing names. So violence is going crazy in Israel. And it looks like... It, between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. And it looks like it's going to escalate. And it looks like it, it may not come back. Okay? So on Monday, during a festival, a festival celebrating Jerusalem Day, and what Jeru- Jerusalem Day is, it's basically the day that the uh, Israel actually took over Jerusalem, which they've always seen as their holy city, and it is. And they went; they had a celebration at the Temple Mount. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but the Temple Mount is the, the holiest site for Jews, okay? The Temple Mount, which Israel actually gave back to the Palestinians, because the Palestinians demanded it because it was their third holiest site, the Jews are really limited on what they can do on the Temple Mount, now, the Temple Mount is basically where the Jews created their first, I think it's two or three temples. I mean, Jesus Christ actually went to the Temple Mount. It's a big deal, okay? But the Jews, in or, or Israel, in order to keep peace, gave the Palestinians a lot of room with the Temple Mount. In fact... According to Ben Shapiro, if you're seen praying on the Temple Mount and you're Jewish, they will actually kick you off the Temple Mount. That's how much control the Palestinians have. Okay, so what ended up happening, you had a bunch of Israelites celebrating. Okay, I, I, I'll say Jews here because it, it's it's actually a big deal. And they're dancing and everything. And then... Uh, the um, Palestinians actually started blowing fireworks up, lit a couple of lit a tree on fire, and the Temple Mount had to be evacuated on one of the most celebrated days for Israel. And by the way, you could compare this to Veterans Day. You could compare this to Memorial Day because that's really what the oh, Jerusalem Day is all about. Throughout the day on Monday, that was yesterday, guys, uh, Hamas launched more than 500 missiles into Israel. Now, the good news is Israel has something called the Iron Dome, which is a missile defense system. And it basically took out over 90% of the missiles sent by the Palestinian Authority. And, okay, one thing about the Palestinian Authority... Again, this is where things get complicated. The Palestinian Authority has a defense, has a government made up of two groups, Hamas and Fatah, or Fatah. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Both groups are terrorist organizations. Hamas is the main terrorist organization. They're technically not in power in the government. This is important for later. Okay, but... They are very influential. Fatah 
actually has all of the power in the Palestine Authority right now. And that's going to be important later. They are also a terrorist organization, but they don't have a lot of terrorist power. Reports have it that of the night of the missile sent, about thirty uh, over thirty people have been injured. Um, there are no reports that I've seen so far that anyone's been killed. So the Israel Defense Forces, which I'll refer to as IDF, of course they struck back. I mean, Israel is a real power. And they have a military. And they have to have a military. Everyone over there, well, not anymore because of Trump, but everybody hates him over there. So they had three stages to their attacks. The first two stages involved IDF fighters and attack helicopters. And they ran attacks on 130 Hamas targets. Now, one of those targets was a school. And that shows you just how evil Hamas was. Everyone, you heard Ilhan Omar, which we're going to get into later, how Ilhan Omar is saying that Hamas is poor Palestinians and blah, 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 blah. Well, no, they hide their military in schools. They hide their military in hospitals. They're cowards. They think that Israel is not going to attack them, but to keep Israel continuing, they will because they have to. So, I think it was 24 people were killed, a couple hundred were injured. The third stage of the attacks came from, uh, was attacked by um, standard ground attacks and missiles and Air Force. And basically what they attacked was Hamas military sites, uh, military facilities, weapon sites, weapons factories. They also concentrated on the Islamic Jihad and Hamas leadership. Now this just came through that Israel is claiming they actually did kill a high-level Hamas general. That's a big deal. That's a great thing. An intelligence building and two underground tunnels were also destroyed. So what Hamas does and what the, let's call them the Palestinian Authority. I don't want to call them Hamas because it's not just Hamas. Uh, they create tunnels between the Palestinian Authority territory and the state of Israel. And so what they do is they sneak terrorists in through those tunnels. Well, they destroyed two of them. The Israeli military is now bringing heavy weapons and troops to the border. And there is a very good chance there's going to be a ground incursion. So before we, we sit back, and that's not a shock. I you got to figure Israel's got to deal with this somehow, right? But here's the thing. Um, the reason... They want to do a ground incursion, that's Israel, is because they don't want to hit civilians. That's one of the things they've said. They've done this before, so they, you know, are basically saying, hey, you know something, we're going to have to go in, kill these terrorists, and then leave, which they've done multiple times. Now, there are two reasons that 
this whole thing started. One is by one reason the left is pushing and the other reason is probably what's actually happening. Uh, in other words, I, yes, I, I think the left lies a lot. Um, one of the things is that they sat back, the Palestinian Authority is sitting back and saying that Israel is kicking Palestinians off of the, I think it's Gaza Strip. And the Gaza Strip is a Palestinian slash Israeli territory. Okay, here's the story. The story is uh, the Gaza Strip was actually property of the Israelis. The Israelis gave it up. This happened a long time ago in the 1800s. And then the Israelis, during the 1967 war or one of their wars, took the Gaza Strip back. There were people that were living on the Gaza Strip at the time that were Israelis that had to abandon. The governments, both of the Palestinian government, the Israeli governments determined that the original Israelis actually owned the land. Now, the land was eventually given to those Israelis. The Israelis... By the way, I'm not going to give you dates and things. Uh, go to Dumbasses Talking Politics and actually look at the history. It, it, with the links, it's actually in there, and they'll explain it. Well, the Israelis owned it. Palestinians were living on it. They didn't kick the Palestinians out. And the Palestinians basically lived on those properties for decades. I'd say one decade, but it could be two to three decades they were living on that property. And in that entire time, they were not paying taxes. Well, the Israelis that actually owned the property decided that, you know what, we want to tear this down and make apartment buildings. I mean, literally, it's this simple. And so they took the Palestinians to court in Israel. Now, I want you to be aware of something. We're not talking, this is like, billions of people in that territory, it's four families. That's all it was. It was four families that were living rent-free on property they didn't own. And by the way, they admitted they didn't own it. They admitted they didn't pay rent on the property. Basically, what this whole thing was, was basically a civil eviction notice. That's all it was. Nothing more than that. They lost the court battle. They weren't kicked off the Gaza Strip. They were just told, you got to find someplace else to live, or you got to pay your rent. And they didn't, and they left. Four families. I, I just, I, I cannot express to you, it was only four families. These, these were four houses. So the left is basically justifying these attacks by Hamas because these four families had to actually leave uh, homes that they never paid rent for and land that they never owned. That's what it comes down to. Do you Is your BS meter wafting through your nose right now? Here's the most likely reason. So there is the um, president of the Palestinian Authority named President Mahoud Abbas. 
He belongs to Fatah, which is one terrorist organization, but is a more moderate terrorist organization, which means they don't kill a lot of people. They kill just some people. And he decided after, oh, 15 years, he was going to hold elections. And those elections probably weren't going to go real well for him. By the way, what was the date of the election? Today. Weird, huh? So what he did was he realized that his Fatah movement was going to lose in the Pal uh, the Palestor uh, Palestinian Authority uh, election. And he decided to call it off last week. And, of course, he decided to blame Israel for it, which makes absolutely no sense. He said, basically, Israel was not going to allow Palestinians to vote for the election. And the Palestinians said, or the Israelis said, no, that was never a thing. They could vote. It's not a big deal. By the way, most Palestinians, most Arabs, Muslims living in Israel want nothing to do with the Palestinian Authority. They don't. They don't. So, he canceled the elections last week. He is being in, he is getting a lot of crap from his people because of corruption. And so, he decides to start lobbing missiles over to Israel. Basically, it becomes a deflection for his own government's corruption. And by the way, people over there are starving. People over there are poor. And so, to sit back and think that's what it is? Sure, I believe it. So, what do you believe? Do you believe Israel just decided to blow up uh, the Palestinian Authority? Or do you believe that it's possible that the Palestinian Authority is so corrupt that they decided to deflect problems, launch missiles... 500 of them, by the way. 500, 500 of them at this point. We It's probably over 1,000 by now. And um, have Israel be the bad person? Well, the American response is pretty much what you could expect from the Biden administration. The only thing he said was the violence needs to be de-escalated. Great. 500 missiles have been launched into Israel and Israel needs to de-escalate? A very weak response. Later, the White House made this response, um, this statement. Quote, We are continuing to closely monitor the violence in Israel. Closely monitor. Keyword there. We have serious concerns about the situation, including violent confrontations that we've seen over the last few days as noted an escalation earlier as as you noted an escalation earlier today in a call over the weekend with his israeli counterpart our national security advisor jake sullivan reiterated concerns about political evictions of palestinian families from their homes legal civil evictions that's what's so bizarre about this. This is what they're constant. Not the 500 missiles that have been landing in Israel, but the legal, the Palestinian 
families that are being evicted because they need to be evicted. And they agreed that launching the rocket attacks and incendiary balloons from Gaza towards Israel is unacceptable. Oh, that's nice. They acknowledged it. That's nice. So this is something that our uh, continuing. So this is something that our national security team is closely monitoring. Again, they're monitoring it. Obviously, across the government. Certainly, the president is kept abreast and is watching closely as well. Um, outside of his nap. Israel is pushing Joe Biden to refrain from involving the United States in this conflict. They are basically saying, you know something, you're just going to make the situation worse. Because you're going to end up supporting Palestine. Well, there is no Palestine. You're going to, Biden's going to end up supporting the Palestinian Authority. Because he's threatened Pal the Palestinians, he's threatened the Israelis in the past for doing this stuff. Israel, unlike the United States, can't really afford to show weakness. Well, I'll get a step further. Neither can the United States, but it seems to be okay in the United States. Now, of course, you've got the squad. Um, I, AOC is not even a thing here because she really has no idea what she's talking about. But you've got two anti-Semites in the squad. I mean, straight anti-Semites. They hate Jews. They would hang Jews. They're terrible people. They chimed in on it. Ilhan Omar tweeted, Israeli airstrikes killing civilians in Gaza is an act of terrorism. Wow. Palestinians deserve protection. Unlike Israel, missile defense programs such as the Iron Dome don't exist to protect the Palestinian citizens. Because if they don't shoot missiles into Israel, Israel will not shoot missiles back. That's why they don't need a freaking defense system. Anyway, she continues, it's unconscionable not to condemn these attacks on the week of Id, which is basically the week after Ramadan. Now, mind you, she doesn't mention that it was the Palestinians who were the ones that rioted at the Temple on the Mount. And it's not the Pal she didn't mention the Palestinians launched missiles into Israel. Israel didn't do anything at this point. Does she want to know how to protect the Palestinians from Israel? Um, don't watch missiles into Israel. But they can't do that. She can't admit that because she's a propaganda wing for the Palestinian Authority. So she also tweeted, Many will tell you Israel has a right to defend itself to safety and security, but are silent on whether Palestinians have those rights too. Until we can defend the rights of Palestinians, just as we do Israelis, we have no leg to stand on when it comes to justice or peace. This was just really dumb. Of course, Palestinians have a right to safety and security. Everyone knows this. But Israel doesn't just go out and start killing Israeli children. They don't do that. Or Palestinian children. They don't do that. And they have it. Stop launching missiles into Israel, and Israel's not going to respond. They've got a history of showing that. Notice again, there's no acknowledgement of the Palestinian Authority doing anything wrong at all. It's all Israel. 
Rashida Tlaib, who I freaking can't stand, uh, she's another Jew hater. And I'd say she's an Israeli hater. No, she's a flat-out anti-Semite Jew hater. She said, I was seven years old when I prayed at the Al-Aqasa with my city, I guess sister. I don't know what that means. It's a sacred site for Muslims. This is equivalent to attacking the Church of the Holy Sepulchre for Christians or the Temple Mount for Jews. It is so important for the Palestinians to pray during the week of Ramadan and the week after Ramadan that they decided to attack Israel with missiles. She has, Again, she doesn't mention any of that. I'm pretty sure a lot of those folks that were launching those missiles were probably not praying at the mosque she's talking about. And I don't give a damn if it's their holiday. I think we learned that from the Tet from the Tet holiday during Vietnam that we're not going to fall for that crap. Especially if the Palestinian Authority is the aggressors. I also want to point out that so far Israel has shown a lot of restraint. If Mexico started lobbing missiles over the border into Texas, you better believe the United States would turn Mexico into New Texas. And probably within a week. I'm surprised Israel has not walked into Palestine, into Palestinian territory, and killed off every Hamas and Fatah terrorist in the region. Instead, they continually try to make peace and concessions. Well, I, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. It's going to get old after a while for Israel, and they're going to find that they're going to need to take care of themselves, like they have in the past. And uh, they're going to smack the crap out of Hamas and Fa the Fatah terrorist groups eventually, because they've got the power, and there's no reason not to. So Biden is screwing up Middle East peace. That's the first thing he's doing. Um, I saw a tweet today, this morning, that I, I really liked. And it was, I don't know who it's from. I, I didn't actually save it. But the tweet said, oil pipelines closed. Biden 2, Trump 0. Um, the East Coast, Southeast Coast is now suffering from a huge gas shortage. On social media, multiple videos went viral uh, showing people that gas stations in states including Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Virginia, Arkansas, Tennessee, and a couple of others are actually running out of fuel. Now, a lot of this is panic buying, which means people are thinking, oh my God, we're seeing the 70s over again with Jimmy Carter. Do you remember Jimmy Carter? Jimmy, I, you may not if you're younger. Jimmy Carter actually made people go to the gas stations based on their license plate, odd or even. If you had a letter, you were considered an odd. If you were even, it was just the number. And then you could go get gas. And on days that you were odd, gas stations were mandated by the government not to give you gas. Isn't that just really bizarre? Created huge lines. Gas prices were freaking through the roof. And I don't mean through the roof like they are today. I mean, at the time, we were just crossing a dollar a gallon. This was back in the 70s, mind you. Okay. So a bunch of gas stations have closed because they have no gas. Um, those gas stations that are opened 
have lines wrapped around the blocks. Um, and here's the whole thing, and this is correct. We're not out of gas. We have plenty of we have plenty of gas thanks to Trump. The uh, Obama administration has responded like they typically do. So this is what uh, Jen Psaki said. Quote. The president continues to be regularly briefed on the Colonial Pipeline incident. The administration is continually assessing the impact of this ongoing incident on fuel supply for the East Coast. We are monitoring. So it's always monitoring and being briefed. Are you actually doing something? Well, give it a second. You're going to see the answer is no. But... We are monitoring supply shortages in parts of Southeast and are evaluating every action the administration can take to mitigate the impact as much as possible. The president has directed agencies across the federal government to bring their resources to bear to help alleviate shortages where they occur. Um, yeah, no, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Let's not forget, they don't want people driving. They want people walking and taking bikes and taking rail, except Joe Biden, right? Um, when asked what the administration was doing to solve this ransomware problem that Colonial, the Colonial Pipeline uh, experienced, this is how the this is how the Energy Secretary responded. Has Colonial paid any ransom, and has there been any advice on that? And then, um, secondly, um, is there any timeline for when Americans should be certain that this is going to be taken care of? People are getting ready. Memorial Day is not that far away, and we're, everyone's concerned about the gas prices. Uh, what, what's the timeline and when this thing is going to be under control? Absolutely. I'll speak to the first, and then I'll turn it to my colleague Liz for the second. So first, we recognize that victims of cyber attacks often face a very difficult situation, and they have to just balance often the cost-benefit when they have no choice with regard to paying a ransom. Colonial is a private company, and we'll defer um, information regarding their decision on paying a ransom to them. Did, you, did the administration offer any advice on whether or not to pay a ransom? So typically that is a private sector decision, and the administration has not offered further advice at this time. Given the rise in ransomware, that is one area we're definitely looking at now to say what should be the government's approach to ransomware actors and to ransoms overall. Liz? Okay, a few things here with that with that crap that we were just listening to. First off, if you're a reporter and you're going to ask a question that's going to be on national TV to the presidentials, to the president's administration, have your question prepared and don't stumble through it. I hate when people say, um, 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 all the time. On his defense, uh, it was a good question. A great question. And the answer, weak sauce. This, this is really leadership? Last I checked, the oil industry is still part of our energy infrastructure. You know the same infrastructure that Biden wants to dump $2 trillion on, which isn't actually infrastructure. It's more of pet projects. I think that infrastructure bill, again, is 6% on actual infrastructure. Here's the thing. If we can't trust him to take responsibility for something like a ransomware attack 
on a major pipeline in the United States that, if down, could cause major gas shortages, why should we trust him to spend $2 trillion? Very weak sauce. Not a great answer. And it just shows, again, Joe Biden is weak. His administration is weak. But the last story shows that not only is the uh, Bi- the Biden administration weak, it's also out of touch. So businesses are telling old Joe why no one is working. Economists are telling old Joe why no one is working. CNN is telling old Joe why no one is working. Fox News is telling old Joe why no one is working. These are people who refuse to work telling Joe why they won't work. I mean, I'm sorry. There are people that are telling uh, Joe, old Joe, why they won't work. And everyone is telling old Joe that there is going to be hyperinflation. But old Joe... Oh my God, he's so out of touch. Just listen. Take the job or lose their unemployment benefits. There are a few COVID-19 related exceptions. So the people aren't forced to choose between their basic safety and a paycheck. But otherwise, that's the law. I know there's been a lot of discussion since Friday, since Friday's report, that people are being paid to stay home rather than go to work. Well, we don't see much evidence of that. That is a major factor. We we don't see that. that, Look, it's easy to say the the line has been because of the generous unemployment benefits that it's a major factor in labor shortages. Americans want to work. Americans want to work. As my dad used to say, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity, your place in the community. Being able to look your kid in the eye and say everything's going to be okay. How out of touch could this guy be? Really? No evidence? I'll say there's evidence. I'll say that we have eight million, eight and a half million jobs that are available right now and no one's filling them. That unemployment has actually gone up. And it's probably higher than that because a lot of people left the workforce. I mean, this comes after... First off, first off, there's no evidence of that. Well, why don't you give us some numbers? Okay, I'll give you numbers. 8.5 million jobs are available right now. And we have probably about 10 to 15 million who are unemployed. There's your numbers. Working age people that are unemployed. And I have to look that up. I, I, I think it's higher than that. Um, 6.1% job rate would mean there are 21 million jobs available. There are 21 million people out of work. Okay, and you got to cut that in half. So you got to say 22. So about 11 million people who are willing to work are out of work, but they're getting more money from the government than they would be working. By the way, the average low-income earner is earning a good six, seven hundred dollars a month more than they would be working. This guy is completely out of touch. And you can tell he was out of touch. After that weak ass 
a uh, jobs number. You know, the one, 266,000 new jobs created versus the million they expected. He sat back and said the economy's on the right track. Meanwhile, you got McDonald's that are trying to pay people to just freaking go to an interview. It's absolutely asinine. Now, let's give a comparison real quick here. Um, Trump added 230,000 jo jobs in January at, of 2020 at the start of the pandemic with an unemployment rate of 3.5%. Joe Biden had an unemployment rate of 6% in a closed economy. And he could only make 266,000 jobs. Tell me. Does it sound like there might be something there? Oh, old Joe. Old Joe. Let me let me finish with this. Let me just finish with this. Because I know we're going to talk more about this. But let's see. Let's see here. Old Joe was given a vaccine and a vaccine immunization plan. And he effed it up. Old Joe was given an economy that was destined for to explode because we had an artificial recession slash depression. He's effed it up. Old Joe was given a record-setting stock market, and he effed it up. Old Joe was giving an, given an energy surplus, making the United States, for the first time, an exporter of oil and natural gas instead of an importer, and he effed it up. Old Joe was given a secure border. 35, between 20 and 35,000 people crossing the border illegally. Lowest in history. And he effed it up. Old Joe was given a neutered Iran. And he effed it up. Old Joe was given a compliant China. And he effed it up. Old Joe was given Middle East Peace through the Abraham Accords. Four peace deals in the Middle East. Three or four, sorry. And he effed it up. I'm sure I forgot a couple of things in that picture, but you know, you get what I'm saying. But old Joe did give us something. A woke military, which is scaring the crap out of China. A woke CIA. It doesn't matter that they can actually discover any type of intelligence, but they're women with disabilities and they're cisgender or gay, so that's okay. Men with competing with women in sports, that's good. A hatred of religion, that's always good. Race divisiveness. Rioting, critical race theory in schools. Wearing masks all the time. No patriotism. Huge debt. Inflation. Class warfare. Censorship and cancel culture. And tax hikes. Yay! Things are looking good under old Joe's watch. Question for you. You miss Trump yet? Okay. 
Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. You can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com so you can take a look to make sure I'm not lying to you during this whole thing. I hope you have a great day. I hope some of this was kind of fun. I mean, guys, have fun with this. It's going to get better. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.